we're going to see an encounter. And, and really what we're going to do is, is we're going to build the anatomy of an encounter a little bit, kind of the skeletal structure and, and, and some muscles and ligaments and t- tendons of how an encounter happens and what our part is in the anatomy and what we build in the anatomy and what our move is to experience this encounter. In Acts chapter 9, it's written by a guy named Luke, who also wrote one of the four biographical accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. Luke and Acts are written by the same guy. He's writing to a friend of his in Luke to help him understand who, who Jesus was. And in Acts, he's trying to help him understand what the followers of Jesus are doing and what the Holy Spirit of Jesus is doing through those followers. And so when we get to Acts chapter 9, we're going to literally kind of throw ourselves into the middle of the, of the second person in this part of the story who's having an encounter. And there's another person having an encounter that we talked about last week. We're going to go back to that a little bit. But these encounters feel independent at first. But Jesus is kind of meshing things together a little bit. And inside of the one we're going to look at today, we'll see again just the anatomy of an encounter, how an encounter is built so that you and I can understand, oh, wait a second. I want to have an encounter because every time I have an encounter with Jesus, I learn something new about him and I learn something new about myself and who I can be with Jesus. And both of those are are really significant. Okay, so let's look at this. Acts chapter nine. We're going to start reading in verse 10. It's what it says. In Damascus, there was a disciple. So a disciple, this is a person with ongoing encounters with Jesus. A disciple is not somebody just learning more. A disciple is somebody learning more and then being transformed into the image of Jesus. So a disciple is literally not somebody who's smarter about Jesus, but somebody whose life looks more like Jesus. Okay, so this, this disciple is a person who's having ongoing encounters, has an ongoing walking, talking relationship with Jesus. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision. Here's the beginning of the encounter, right? There's going to be this vision the Lord is calling to Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Now, I don't know how you hear that, but we should talk about it for a second. Because maybe you hear it like, okay, there was this vision, and this guy named Ananias had a vision, and, and the Lord called his, his name. And maybe somewhere like in your hearing mechanisms or in the recesses of your memories, you have some point of reference that causes you to read that passage, something like this. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, Ananias, Right? It's got to feel somehow like it's from on high and it's from afar and it's deep and it's reverberating and it's not how you would actually want anybody ever to call you, right? It's right that you don't, nobody, like, please, no, right? It's probably much more like Ananias. Hey, Ananias. Ananias. Hey, Ananias. See, God's, God's relational. He's a conversationalist. He's really good at communicating. He's really good at listening. Ananias, I was on a Zoom call last week for about 90 minutes, maybe, maybe a little more than that, with a mentor of mine who's walking me through some kind of unique healing process right now through some things. And he probably in that 90 plus minutes said my name 15 or 20 times. And never once did it come through the Zoom calls, John! Nah, John, John, oh, John, 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 Ananias, Ananias. Listen, one of the first moves in an encounter with God is often that God's going to call you by name. In fact, when, when, when God talks to us, God always calls us by name. 
you're his child. You matter that much to him. He, he knows you. God, God never calls you and in, in mid-call has to turn to an angel and say, hey, what was that one's name again? Last four of the social? Oh, it's all coming back now. He calls you by name. He calls you by name. Can I even be so bold as to, to give you this gift today? Even right now, in this moment, in this room, or on your couch, or around your table, or at your vacation spot, God's calling you by name. He knows you, knows you well, knows you better than you know you, wants to talk, wants to be in conversation. I'm convinced, even though I'm an introvert, God's an extrovert. I, I don't know what to do with that, but he likes to talk. He's calling you by name. How good is that? What a gift is that, that God would call you, call you by name. It's how, the, it's how the encounter starts, but look at how it continues. Again, we're kind of building the anatomy, remember? So there's the first part, rest of verse 10. Yes, Lord. He, he answered, that's Ananias, just answering back in a vision. The Lord says, Ananias, Ananias, yes, Lord. Again, how we hear it matters, right? Do, do we hear it as, yes, Lord? Uh, yes, Lord? Yeah, or do we hear, yes, Lord? We, we just need to notice something about it. Ananias, his, his response is a statement, not a question. It's a statement. Yes, Lord. He's a disciple. He's becoming more and more like Jesus. He started somewhere following Jesus. He's gradually becoming more and more like Jesus. And one of the things clearly he has picked up somewhere along the way is that I can trust this guy. Yeah, yes, Lord. Yes, yes. Ananias? Yeah, over here. That's me. I don't know if you like see this yet, but, but just in case, let's, let's point it out. Um. Ananias just said yes to whatever the Lord's inviting him into. And there's a huge missing piece. It's the plan. It's what he wants him to do. Ananias, to this point, has no idea what's coming, what's going to be asked of him. What's, yes, Lord. Yep, I'm here. Yes, yes. Statement, yes. Ananias, conversationally, yes, statement, with no plan. Here's, here's the reality for a whole bunch of us, is that most of us, most of us are one simple yes away from a bigger encounter with God. And our barrier, our barrier, it's that oftentimes we are waiting on God's plan and God is just waiting on our yes. We're waiting on God's plan and God is just waiting on our yes. Ananias just chooses not to wait for the plan. Yes, yes. I think there's really good reason for that um, because most of us, if we heard the plan first, we'd say no. Me included. Okay, this is me. And, and like, let's see what Ananias gets invited into because then you would understand why it was important that he said yes first, okay? Let's read the rest of the story. Verse 11, uh, the Lord told him, um, Ananias, okay, thanks for your yes. Now go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man 
uh, from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying. Let's just backtrack this for a second. Saul was who Katie just did a masterful job talking to us about last week, inviting us into this thing to allow and discover our passions and maybe even let Jesus redirect our passions. Just this amazing and challenging job she did walking this passage for us. But Saul, when his encounter happens, he's a guy that's like killing people like Ananias. He's killing followers of Jesus. He's seeking to have them arrested, thrown in prison, right? He's got government authority. He's got religious authority, right? Saul is a problem for people like Ananias. Do you now under, are you beginning to understand why it was important that, that God heard the yes before he gave the plan? I want you to go to, to Saul, for he's, he's praying. In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias, that's you, come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13, everybody's favorite backtrack. Lord, Ananias answered, I'm not sure I'm in anymore. Can I change my yes to a maybe? I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people. Here, people like me, God, in Jerusalem. And he's come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Like, can I backtrack? But the Lord just said to him, no, come on, man, we can do this. Go. This man is my chosen instrument, actually, Ananias, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people and their kings and to the people of Israel. I'm going to show him how much he's actually going to suffer for my name. He's going to do a lot of good, but I'm going to suffer, which is this picture that, that Jesus doesn't say, come to me and your whole life will be perfect and easy. He says, come to me and actually to experience full life, come to me and die. Like, come to me and die to yourself. Come to me and give up what you think is right. Come and give up your own wisdom and follow me. That's what I'm going to invite Saul to do, Ananias, because it's what I'm inviting you to do. Then Ananias, verse 17, then Ananias went to the house and he entered it. He placed his hands on Saul and he tried to build a bridge. He said, brother Saul, friend, compadre, buddy, like, come, let me build a bridge here, okay? Saul, the Lord, Jesus, the, the one that appeared to you on the road and called you by name as you were coming here, that same one now has sent me to you so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He hadn't been able to see for a few days, and he could see again. He got up, and he did what followers of Jesus do. When they become followers of Jesus, they get baptized. Paul didn't wait to get his record straight, didn't wait to get everything checked out, didn't wait to get everything balanced, didn't wait to get his life perfect, didn't wait to write a book in the New Testament. Paul just got up and got baptized. Friends, it is the next move. For some of us, the one yes we're away from, from a new, bigger encounter with God, is just to say yes to baptism. We've been following Jesus for 10 years or 20 years, and we don't want to be in front of people or ashamed of our story or we think things need to get a little more right, or we need to get a little more perfect. None of that is true. All of that, all of that is simply deception keeping us from doing the one thing Jesus says, let's do that. Some of you, your yes really is to be baptized next week. It's to make that move. You've been following Jesus. Paul, like in the moment, he gets up, he's baptized, and then like after he's baptized, he gets something to eat. He hasn't eaten for three days. You would think he'd get something to eat and then get back. Nope. Let me just get baptized. So what a cool experience we, we have here, right? This anatomy of this, of this calling. God calling us by name. God's calling you by name. And our response being yes. 
Yes, right? Like our encounter with God continues when, when we say yes. Our encounter with God continues when we, when we keep saying yes. Encounters with God, listen, encounters with God continue when we keep saying yes. Please hear me on this. An encounter with God never had as its primary purpose. God's primary purpose in you encountering him and me encountering him was never to give us thrills and chills and a good feeling for a moment. The primary purpose of an encounter with God would be that we would see him differently and see ourselves differently with him so that we might reach the people he's trying to reach and make his name more known. It's why, truth moment here for us, it's why lots of people run around chasing spiritual experiences. It's because we somewhere got duped into thinking that the goal of the encounter with God was to give me thrills and chills. And thrills and chills, that's cool. And there's a moment and there's an emotion in the moment. All of that is great. I'm not diminishing it. And does it happen sometimes? Sure it does. But the primary goal of a God encounter, the primary aim of God is to allow us to see him more so we could see ourselves more so that we could go with him and reach the people he's trying to reach and make his name more known. That's what Ananias does. And in order to, like, so in order to keep experiencing that, we keep on saying yes. I want to go back to verse 17. Let me go back to verse 17. Just, just check this out again. Okay. Then Ananias went. I don't know. See, if you're looking for thrills and chills, Ananias could have stopped when, when he said, yes, Lord. Woo, yep, Lord called my name. Goosebumps, I'm good. I got a story to tell. God spoke to me in a vision. Let me get to church and tell the peeps, okay? But no, he actually went. I don't know how long the walk is, but I wonder how many times he thought about saying no on the walk. He goes, he gets to the house. He's got another chance to say no. I'm here, I made it. Look at my courage. I'm on the other side of the wall from Saul. That guy's killing people. Nope, he actually, he actually goes in. He enters the house. And then, <laughs> I love this. This is one of my favorite parts. And then he places his hands on Saul. Listen, listen, listen. If that's me, that is definitely a moment I'm doing a prayer from the other side of the room. Paul, I'm, I'm going to give you a COVID prayer, Saul. Like, this, like yeah, I'm going to pray from outside the door. This guy's been killing and arresting people, right? Nope. Ananias walks in all the way. Think about all the times he could have said no. That he could have changed his yes from a no, but he keeps encountering God. Play it counterfactually. What happens if he does say no anywhere along the way? couple things. Number one, he's not in the Bible, right? That, that's edited out. Number, number two, he misses being part of one of the most dramatic moments possible. Watching the person that he probably thought couldn't change, change right in front of his eyes. He would have missed watching a healing. He would have missed watching a former killer of Jesus' followers be baptized. He would have missed... He would have missed experiencing new levels of God's courage in him with each new step. He would have missed all that. If anywhere along the way, he would have said, no, we, we keep encountering God when we keep saying yes. Keep saying yes. Because, here's the reality, friends, because most of us are one yes away from a bigger encounter with God. 
most of us are one yes away from a bigger encounter with God. And let me just ask you, let's just talk for a minute. What's your encounter? What's your yes? Where do you need to say yes? What's your one yes? What's your one yes? What's your one yes? It, for some of you, it really is to get baptized next week. Maybe, maybe it's to enter a hard conversation. Maybe it's to exit a hard conversation you've been into on. Yes, I need to be able to walk away from that. Maybe it's yes, I need to be able to go into it. Maybe, maybe your yes is to choose forgiveness today. Because, because so often on the other side of forgiveness, on the other side of forgiveness, there's a bigger God encounter. And maybe, maybe it's to forgive people around you, people in your past. Maybe it's to forgive yourself. Sometimes that's the hardest person. Maybe it's to, maybe it's to forgive the church what the church has done or how you feel like the church has responded or what you feel like the church has become or what church leadership represents. Maybe it's to forget that. Because let me, let me just, let me tell you this one simple truth around this yes. There are a few guaranteed barriers to new God encounters. Bitterness is one of them. It will short circuit it every time. So maybe today the yes is just that. Maybe the yes is to giving, to generosity. Some of you began like trying, just tithing and trying to get into the practice of tithing several weeks ago. And maybe it's just to keep saying yes and that, to keep seeing how God would provide and what he would do. Maybe it's in serving and making a move somewhere. Maybe it's in getting help in your marriage or in a family dynamic or a relationship. Maybe, what, what is your yes? Maybe your yes is to actually say no to something. Your yes might be to actually walk away from something, to quit something that's felt like a major piece of your life for years. And it's actually become part of your identity, but you know there's something in it that's not really healthy. And you sense God saying, let's leave that. Let's leave that. Let's leave that. And maybe before you know what next is, the invitation today is just to say yes to it. Most of us are one yes away from a bigger encounter with God. And it's probably true for us collectively. Like we want, we want to be a place and a people who our knee-jerk reaction is, yes, God, yes, God. You want us to go here? You want us to multiply in this way? You want us to give this sacrificially? You want us to die to ourselves? You want us to put our own dream on hold to live your dream? You want us to launch new places, new people? Yes, 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 yes. Maybe your yes is to actually like just kind of let yourself go in this thing called worship. Where you say, I'm going to push down all the barriers. I'm going to push down all the, the insecurities and all that. I'm just going to say, yes, I don't know what's on the other side of that, but I just want God. Most of us are just one yes away. Maybe today you're a first yes away. You say, I'm going to, I'll put my life in his hands. Here I am, Jesus. That's where relationship with him begins. Most of us are one yes away from a bigger encounter with God. It's your yes. Let's pray on it just for a minute. Lord Jesus, I'm grateful for you and all your sovereignty and all your goodness capturing stories like Ananias, who said a really challenging yes, even though when he said it, he didn't know it was going to be challenging. I think that we can trust you. you, you you've, you've died for us. You've forgiven us. You've reached out to us. You've come after us. You've, you've wanted us. 
you've given us promise of hope. You've given us a promise of an eternity with you. You've, I mean, you, you've been all things good in our direction. So even when you call to us without a plan, we, we want to say yes. Would you help us say yes? Would you help us even grow in our faith in you? Would you even today, like for many of us, just grow our faith muscle with, with this one move of yes? Yes. Jesus, whatever you're inviting us to, we want you, so our answer is yes. We love you and we trust you. Our confidence is in you. Thanks for helping us. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you for wanting us to learn more about you so we could learn more about ourselves and what we could be with you. I love your desire to walk this life with us. We commit ourselves to you. We say yes to you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things and commit these things with great anticipation of what you're inviting us into. Amen. Amen, everybody.